You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I'm just getting back from an amazing trip out to the West Coast, hanging out in Los Angeles, and wow, what an incredible time. I'm there on a super secret mission taking care of some things and it's going to be coming soon. I'll be able to share that with you, but also recording a couple of incredible podcasts, which we've already published for you guys uh, with Steve Weatherford and Christine Hassler. We had an awesome time. And also uh, just hanging out with, first of all, Steve Weatherford. Guys, listen, if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure to do so. We'll put in the show notes. Absolutely epic. And this is an epic human being. He's literally voted the fittest man in the NFL. All right. And he's a punter, you know, Typically, you don't think about that when it comes to the punter. They're probably like the the guys just like, ah, barely athlete, but wow, really, come on. Absolutely incredible what they're able to do with their own bodies, but also his dedication to his personal physical fitness and also his family and also his mission is just remarkable. And we shared a little bit on the show about our time in the gym. You know, this is our first time really hanging out and really connecting. And it's such a great bonding experience, of course, to work out with somebody and when he first stepped into the gym, I was in the basketball court. I just gotten there, and you know he's a very he has a, he has a very strong presence. You know he walked in the building, you know we said what's up, and some guys were just asking me to play a pickup game, and I'm just there shooting around. And Steve's like, you know, great minds think alike, Sean. This is how I like to warm up. So I'm like, this is just a warm up. I'm not trying to play a game, you know. But you know, I got roped in, and I said okay. And so they had nine guys now because Steve wanted to jump in and they needed one more player. And Steve said, my son can play. And he had brought his son Ace along, who's just 10 years old. And Ace was like, dad, I don't know, because this is grown men, all right? This is, a, this is a court full of grown men. We're about to play full court basketball out of the blue for me, all right? And so let alone, I haven't played in probably two years full court basketball, but uh, Ace is just like, you know what, dad, this is, I don't know. And he instills in his son, like he, he reached into his soul. He's like, if you believe you can, or believe you can't. Either way, you're right. Like he really meant it. And he said a couple of other encouraging words to his son. And his son was like, okay, cool. And let me tell you, little Ace broke a grown man's ankles out there. All right. He put the move on this guy and almost made him fall flat on his face. It was incredible, but also terrible at the same time because the kid's 10 years old and it's a grown man. Uh, but, you know, it's just a great time, great opportunity. We shared a little bit of the experience in the show, but I want to share a little bit more with you because I'm coming down the court. Everything's looking good, circling around under the basket. And I'm jumping for uh, just, you know, maybe a five foot little easy jump shot. And Steve is there towering over me, jumping 40 feet into the air. Right. He looks like a shadow of a shadow of a statue of a shadow. All right. And blocks my shot. All right. And I barely jumped. So, you know, you can tell yourself it doesn't count that much, but it kind of does. And he went not only because he was so high, he didn't just block it. He took the ball out of the air and darted down the other way. I ran him down out of pure irritation and competition that's in my veins. And I stole the ball back from him. And so I go the other direction. It's a beautiful play. Like I steal the ball. I'm at half court. There's two guys with me. One guy to my right, another guy to my left. The guy to the left signals for the ball to get an easy layup, and I pass it to him. Um, it, it was pretty much a no-look pass. All right, I was on my Magic Johnson, and, and I passed the ball, 
and then he took off the other direction, all right? Because he wasn't on my team, all right? This is a true story. He faked me out because he looked just like another guy who was on my team, you know, like too close, and he knew it. He knew he looked like this other guy. It wasn't right. So anyways, long story short, you know, I finally got into the groove, scored a couple of great baskets. My team kept feeding me the ball. And of course, by the way, Steve was the only person to dunk, of course, during the, during the game. And, um, you know, one other little beautiful incident that took place that I had to, and I'm going to share this with you guys. I'm going to confess this. And I don't remember if we talked about this on that episode with Steve, but I got to share this. I got to put the confession out there. But his son, Ace, was coming around. The whole defense and his team was off on the other side of, of the court, all right? And it's just me and Ace. And I already done seen him break somebody's ankle, all right? Grown man. And so I'm like, he is not he is not about to score on me, especially his dad blocked my shot and he's out here dunking. It's not going to happen. So Ace is coming right at me. I'm almost under the basket. I come forward and I know he's a good player. So he's going to try to loop it, shoot it high, an arching shot over me. And he, that's what he attempted to do. But I did a full, good 40, 45 inch box jump height and fingertip blocked that ball as hard as I could and hit it out of bounds. And I didn't feel, well, I felt 1% bad about it. All right. I felt 1%, 99% good. And Steve was just like, you know, I'm going to tell everybody about this, Sean. I was like, hey, it's your DNA, you know, number one. Number two, he's out here growing. He's got to learn. He's got to take those bumps and bruises. But man, what a player. This kid has already got something special about him. And to even have the the courage to come out there and compete with grown men and also the the amazing relationship with his father and his father consciously assuring him that it's going to be okay. As a matter of fact, it's going to be good. As a matter of fact, you can do this. You can perform. You can compete is what it's really all about. And we all need that support. And at the end of the day, it's such a wonderful thing to instill in our kids. And I just thought it was just a great example of the human that he is and the good time that we had, you know. And by the way, I hit the game-winning shot uh, right in Steve's face a little bit. All right, Steve, I know you're listening. Love you, man. But then... We lifted weights afterwards and he just kind of left me in the dust. All right. I'm still recovering. True story from that lifting session. And again, make sure to check out that episode with Steve. He is truly an incredible human being. So we'll put that in the show notes. And guys, listen, I also had the opportunity to go to a Super Bowl party. You know, it's a little bit of time has passed since then. The best Super Bowl party ever. Bedros Koulian was in the house. Craig Ballantyne. It was at Jay Ferruja's place. And uh, also Christine Hassler came through. You know, it was just an amazing time. My brother Luca was there. And just to be able to uh, hang out with incredible people, it's not just about the game. You know, it's the uh, ability to fellowship and to come together and to have great conversations. And, you know, that's what it's really about at the end of the day. You know, a lot of the great things and deals get done outside of the typical work situation, you know, and uh, it's just a great opportunity to hang out with my friends. And so now I am back and fired up. I'm ready to execute. And we've got an incredible show topic for you today. We're talking about something that is very top of mind for me. And this is recovering from sleep deprivation. All right. How do we quickly and effectively recover from sleep deprivation? Because it's going to happen. You know, for all of us from time to time, it's going to happen, especially if you're traveling, changing time zones. So I'm changing time zones with this particular trip, a couple of hours difference. And how do I adjust how do I maintain my health, my, uh, my level of fitness, my energy, my immune system? We're going to cover all of that today so that you have those strategies 
in your superhero utility belt for whenever you need them. And this episode is pretty rich. So we're gonna dive right in, but first, really quickly, I wanna give a shout out to the iTunes Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled, Life is Better with the Model Health Show by JD Contreras 23. Working in law enforcement can be extremely stressful, but I find myself stress-free and motivated to learn when I'm on my way to and from work. I have found myself to be full of energy and knowledge and just want to share the information with my peers. Thank you, Sean, for what you do. Because of you, I thrive to be a beacon of information for others. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that review with me. Absolutely incredible and big shout out to law enforcement doing their thing and getting educated like that and fueling yourself. Let's give a shout out to Automobile University, everybody who's listening right now on your drive. A big shout out to you. And again, just coming from LA, I spent a lot of time in traffic and I get it. This is why podcast, this is like the podcast hub of the entire universe, all right? And it's just a great opportunity to to reframe it and see this as a, a good chance to, to learn and to absorb valuable life-changing information and not just the fact that we're sitting in traffic, all right? So big shout out to everybody listening in their cars right now. Now, let's go ahead and get to our topic of the day. So today we're talking about how to quickly and effectively recover from sleep deprivation. And this starts with a conversation of, you know, number one, what is sleep deprivation? Now the definition is pretty simple. Sleep deprivation is a condition of not having enough sleep, all right? Now this can be acute, where it's a short-term small thing or something that's more chronic. And the research clearly indicates that wherever you lie on that spectrum, you're gonna see a tendency towards all kinds of abnormal functions of your body and your brain. So another term that's being used a lot lately is something called sleep debt, all right, sleep debt. It's a new concept. And sleep debt is a cumulative effect of not getting enough sleep. And there are two kinds of sleep debt that I want you to be aware of, all right? There's two kinds. There's one that's resulting from partial sleep deprivation and another that's resulting from something called total sleep deprivation. So what's the difference? Partial sleep deprivation occurs when someone sleeps too little each night for several days or even weeks. So that's what a partial sleep deprivation means. Consistently not getting enough sleep and accumulating this so-called sleep debt. A total sleep deprivation means being kept awake for 24 hours or more, all right? And many of us have definitely found ourselves in both situations. And for example, let me give you some examples of these. Uh, an example of total sleep debt would be when I was, you know, in college and I was going out to the clubs, right? I'd be up early trying to go for class. And then there are actually times when I came out of the club and the sun was coming up and I'm just like questioning my life. Like, what is this even what's happening here? And plus when the sun's coming up, you can actually see people when they're coming out of the club. And it's just like, what, what was I thinking? You, so you see the makeup just smearing down and the, and the bad decisions that people are, are making. Anyways, I, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, you do. You know what I'm talking about. And also an example of the partial would be something that's more righteous, which would be the, the birth of my son. You know, that issue, you know, as you're adjusting with the new, new life being there and being present, you're going to have examples where you're going to have a tendency towards getting less sleep than what's optimal for a certain period of time until you kind of get that uh, process established. And by the way, we talked more about this particular subject in an episode, and this was episode 225, 
which is paying off sleep debt, the truth about naps, and sleep tips for parents. All right, so there is hope for that partial sleep debt with the right strategy. All right, so make sure to check that one out. We'll put it in the show notes if you happen to have missed it. And so with this said, what are some of the issues resulting from these different levels of sleep debt? Well, short-term sleep debt can lead to Number one, increased insulin resistance. That's one of the first things that we see. And this is one of the kind of telltale signs of being associated with diabetes and prediabetes. Insulin resistance, one of the classic signs of insulin resistance is carrying around more belly fat than we would have optimally. Another thing we see intrinsically is higher blood pressure. A lot of people don't think about that. Your blood pressure is one of the first things that gets elevated when you're sleep deprived. Like your body is working harder to try to do basic functions. Also, we see an elevation in stress hormones, obviously fatigue. That's kind of one of the obvious things that we see kind of classic signs and also reduction in activity in your prefrontal cortex. This is super important. With the short sleep debt, we immediately see a reduction in activity in the part of your brain, the more evolved, quote, human part of your brain that's responsible for executive functions, for social control, for distinguishing between right and wrong, for decision-making, that part of your brain goes cold. So guess what? You're going to have a tendency towards struggle at work, relationships, performance, and whatever the case might be, whatever you're trying to work on for that day. Also, we see a reduction or abnormality in the production and function of your sex hormones as well. So none of that stuff is good. And this is just, again, that's a short-term sleep debt. Those are just a few of the things we see. Long-term sleep debt, we see an increased risk of heart attack, stroke, diabetes, cancer, obesity, mental illness, and all-cause mortality. Basically, your risk of dying goes up significantly if we're having this accumulation of long-term sleep debt. This is nothing to play with. But what we're talking about is the opportunity to adjust, to get better, to help ourselves to buffer whenever we do have the occasional sleep deprivation because your body is actually very forgiving and capable of paying back that sleep debt very quickly and maintaining health and well-being. But that's what this episode is really all about. Now, the next thing I wanna talk about is just general causes of occasional sleep deprivation so that we got clear on what these things could be, all right? So number one, it could be work. Work could be one of the reasons behind accumulating a short sleep debt. Obviously, you know, if there's a, a, a project that's due or you're just really intense on a deadline and or the creation of something that has really got you inspired and, and your passion and your juices are flowing and you just kind of want to burn the midnight oil, these things can happen and that's okay. Also, another thing is festivities. This is my reason for even doing this episode is because I was engaged in festivities, you know, um, dinners with friends, conversations, also work, you know, getting out, I had things that I had to get done all the while doing all of these things in a different environment, you know, mind you. So um, festivities can be one of those things, but that's okay. You know, if you go into a concert, comedy show, whatever, you don't want to be neurotic and like, you know, I got to get back, you know, I got to get to sleep. You want to have that in mind for sure. If you're playing at a high level with this health and well-being thing, but some of these things actually make life worth living. And it's a big part in this equation of, you know, do you become neurotic about getting enough sleep or do you get the benefits that come along with these experiences and help yourself to recover from that sleep deprivation by utilizing the strategies you're going to learn today? Also, another reason could be sex. You know, you could be up later getting your groove on, all right? 
This can happen. And again, the benefits can outweigh the potential downside of you being up a little bit later. All right. So again, don't be like, uh, honey, it's uh, 8.59. I'm going to need missionary right now because I got to get, you don't want to be that person. All right. Enjoy the experience. Enjoy the moment. All right. And also, by the way, chapter nine of Sleep Smarter talks about the benefits that come along with sex and sleep and the relationship and how sex influences sleep and how your sleep influences your your sex life. And it is profound. All right. We release a cocktail of chemicals uh, with orgasm being oxytocin, for example, which has a counter effect to cortisol. So reducing stress and cortisol is a big player in keeping people what we call clinically tired and wired where the cortisol is too high at night, causing issues with falling asleep and staying asleep. And it's too low in the morning, which causes issues with actually getting up and getting out of bed. Oxytocin is a buffer for that. All right. Prolactin, uh, norepinephrine, all of these things come in, in the package with having great sex, all right? So keep that in mind. This could be another reason for general cause of occasional sleep deprivation, all right? Another reason could be uh, just general travel. And again, that's another thing that I had kind of stacked on me. I might've had all of those four things, by the way. I might have all four things stacked and the, uh, the adjustment is simply following these protocols and these insights that we're sharing today. All right, so travel and getting your body adjusted is gonna be key. Now, the very best way to recover from sleep deprivation, the very best way is to prevent it in the first place. All right, let's just be real. Let's get this out of the way before we get to these tactics and strategies and insights. Very best way is to prevent it in the first place or minimize it even, you know, just even minimizing it. And this can be simple planning, all right? Just simple planning and having a schedule, knowing where you're gonna be, what you're gonna be doing to the best of your ability so that you are you know, able to enjoy the process, enjoy the moments, but also you have some structure, all right? So we wanna be more like, like Bruce Lee says, be water, my friend, all right? So you wanna have structure, but also flexibility. That's what water is. It's, in, it's immensely powerful, you know? And I know that just even staying at a beach house, like the ocean does, is powerful. It doesn't care. And it has this fluidity and flexibility, but also it can hit, right? It can hit harder than anything, all right? So you wanna have structure, but also some flexibility within that structure. And I hope that makes sense. Now, one other thing that you can have in your superhero utility belt for having that structure and that planning is what I like to call, and I love you, but I'm out, standard, all right? You can pull that card out when need be. You don't have to stay until the club ends. You don't have to stay till the event's over. You could say, I love you, but I gotta go, all right? You, you can actually do that, but again, Many instances, this is ideal, but sometimes it's just more healthy and life-affirming to actually stay up and enjoy the moment and to connect, you know? So that's what we really want to understand, kind of get that neuroses out of our mind. But today, now we're going to share some tools for you to utilize whenever you do find yourself sleep-deprived, for whatever reason it might be, to quickly help you to recover, to get back on track, and to feel awesome. All right, so this starts with number one, resetting your circadian timing system. All right, so your circadian timing system is this, quote, biological clock, and it's as real as the clock on your smartphone or on your wristwatch. It is one of the most amazing structures in all of nature that we have built into our, into our genes. Our bodies are always trying to sync up with the planet, with nature. 
and look for these schedules. Like everything about us is on a schedule. Everything about us is on these uh, biological rhythms. How hormones are getting produced, it's a rhythm to it, all right? And especially when it comes to regulating our sleep. So when we're sleep deprived, one of the first things that we wanna do is to reset this circadian timing system because it's gonna be a little bit off. And so what can you do to actually make that happen? Well, the first thing I want you to, to be mindful of and to utilize is to get yourself some natural light exposure, all right, sunlight exposure. And so what can sunlight actually do for you? Well, this is so powerful in that your interaction with sunlight triggers your body to produce certain hormones and neurotransmitters that helps to reset and recalibrate your circadian timing system. So let me describe what I mean. Now, we're all driven by our genes by this light and dark cycle, all right? Your body is looking for these daily. It requires them daily in order to have optimal function of your genes. So let me give you an example of this. Research published in the journal Innovations in Clinical Neuroscience found that exposure to sunlight significantly decreases cortisol later in the day, all right, as compared to exposure to dim light during the day. So actually getting some sunlight in the day helps you to lower your cortisol at night. Now your cortisol is gonna be out of rhythm and it's gonna have a tendency to be higher in the evening if you're sleep deprived. All right, so this can help to reset that rhythm, get cortisol elevated during the day because sunlight actually encourages the production of cortisol. That's not bad. Listen, cortisol is a necessity for regulating your thyroid function, for example. So actually having, your thyroid is the master kind of regulator of your metabolism in many senses. And it doesn't work unless you have cortisol. So cortisol being the bad guy, it's not the full story, all right? Cortisol is not the bad guy. It's just misunderstood, needs some love and attention, all right? Cortisol being produced at the wrong time and the wrong amount is where the problem really is, all right? So we want it to be produced during the day, that's normal. And if we look at a normal kind of biological rhythm, cortisol is gonna be spiked or peaked between the hours of somewhere around 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. and gradually decline as the day goes on. And the decrease in cortisol allows for an increase in melatonin. But if cortisol is too high or at the wrong spot, cortisol and melatonin have an inverse relationship. So that means when cortisol is high, melatonin is gonna have a tendency to be low and vice versa. All right, so be mindful of that. Sleep deprived, you wanna make sure that when you do get up, get yourself some natural light exposure. All right, now, how does this play out in the actual research? There was a recent study conducted on office workers to look at the effects of folks who weren't getting access to sunlight exposure through windows, right? So they're in office settings where they don't even have windows, and so they're not getting any natural light coming in that they are getting exposure to. And so they looked at that data compared to office workers who were getting adequate exposure to, to natural light coming in via windows. And here's what they found, this is nuts. They found that the office workers who didn't have access to natural light got an average of 46 minutes less sleep each night. Crazy, just that one parameter. They also found that this sleep deprivation that resulted from this resulted in more reported physical ailments, lower overall vitality reported, and poor general sleep quality. So even the sleep that they were getting wasn't the best. Compared with the office workers who got natural light exposure during the day, they tended to be more physically active, happier, and they had an overall higher quality of life. All right, so that's what it says in the research. Please understand. 
if you're going to help to buffer that short-term sleep debt, do your best to get yourself some exposure to natural light because number one, it's going to help your body produce more um, serotonin, which is kind of this feel-good neurotransmitter. But here's one of the big secrets and something that's not really looked at is sun exposure helps your body produce serotonin. Serotonin is a precursor for melatonin. All right, so you're going to produce more of that good sleep hormone when you get sunlight during the day, all right, and helps with this whole cortisol reset that we've been talking about. Another big part of the struggles that we see with sleep deprivation come as a result of a hit to your immune system. And so you're experiencing these not the best feelings because your immune system is down and your body's trying to, uh, trying to fight to keep it bolstered if that makes sense. So please keep that in mind. That's one of the reasons that we don't feel the best when we're sleep deprived is because our immune system is taking a hit and is trying to get sorted out. So researchers at Georgetown University Medical Center found that blue light from the sun's rays are capable of boosting the activity of infection fighting T cells. All right, so sun exposure can help to fortify your immune system hit that you just took by being sleep deprived. All right, powerful stuff. And again, I want you to take that into account. Now, sometimes in some situations, and I know some people right now, it's like, I can't get that kind of access to sunlight. Well, the best thing that we can do, number one, we have to get rid of that story because where there's a will, there's generally 10,000 ways. But in the instance that you actually don't have adequate sun exposure or access to that, there are light therapy devices that I talk about in my book, Sleep Smarter. And a couple of them, there are visors, there are panels, there's all kinds of different tools that you can use. There's uh, light boxes that are clinically proven to be effective for things like seasonal affective disorder, right? So there's different options, but the best thing is getting that natural sun exposure. And also last thing here with the immune system, we can't ignore the benefits that come along with sunlight in regards to boosting vitamin D, right? So cholesterol in your system is converted into this valuable hormone that we call vitamin D, but it's actually a hormone that has an immense amount of incredible benefits in the human body. That sun exposure is the key to converting that cholesterol into the vitamin D that we all need. Now, in a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, this is the gold standard of studies, found that vitamin D supplementation lowered the risk of getting the flu by 58%. That's nuts. Please, 58% by supplementing with vitamin D. That's powerful. And again, your body produces it itself. Vitamin D isn't something, again, I'm not promoting that you go and start going ham on vitamin D supplements for these benefits. You want to give your body the opportunity to do it naturally and then add in supplements as a supplement, all right, in cases where it's actually needed. So 58% boost, What's, you might be like, well, what's the comparison with the flu shot? Like, what's the effectiveness of the flu shot? We got 58% increased benefit here with vitamin D. What about the flu shot? Well, early findings for the 2018 flu vaccine indicate 17% effectiveness. It doesn't even compare. But yet, they got the signs up, right? Get your flu shot. Come in. Get your, get your Pepsi. Get your flu shot. Get on your way. No. That's not the way to go about it, all right? If we're getting, why, is this, why does this generally come around during this time of year? We're generally not getting outside and we're generally not getting exposure to sunlight, all right? So there's some key nuances with sun exposure coming through windows that we need to talk about as well. And this is, there's UVA and UVB. 
And the type that actually converts uh, your cholesterol into vitamin D does not penetrate through windows. So I want you to be mindful of that. Uh, we do want to get sun directly on our skin if at all possible. And again, this might be a situation where we do supplement with vitamin D. But that natural light exposure, we have photoreceptors in our, uh, you know, our optical receptors in our skin that pick up that sunlight, even if it's just in the room, and send data to your brain, to your nervous system, to your internal organs to produce correlated daytime hormones and set that circadian rhythm back on track. All right, so valuable, valuable stuff right there. If that one thing already, just to kick off the show, to make sure we're resetting that circadian rhythm by getting some exposure to natural light or supplementing that natural light with some phototherapy devices. All right, second thing here with resetting our circadian timing system is exercise. All right, this is one of the very best things you could do. And this might be a situation where you don't necessarily, quote, feel like doing it, or you don't know if it's okay. But if you are partially sleep deprived, again, this is just an acute situation, one of the best things that you can do is when you do get up to do some exercise in that first maybe 30 minutes to an hour after getting up. Now, why does this matter? I've talked about this many times and I think it's just super fascinating. And this was Appalachian State University. And I'm just gonna consolidate this study because I've shared it many times, but I really want you to get this. They took exercisers and tested to find out what time of day exercising has the greatest impact on our sleep at night. And so they had exercisers to train exclusively at 7 a.m. They had them train exclusively at 1 p.m. in another phase and exclusively at 7 p.m. in yet another phase. And they found that the morning exercisers spend more time in the deepest, most anabolic stages of sleep. They tend to get uh, more efficient sleep cycles. They tend to sleep longer. And also there's a 25% greater drop on average in blood pressure at night when people exercise in the morning. All right. So get some exercise in in the morning. That's all correlated with when we're talking about the blood pressure. I mentioned this in the beginning with the sleep debt. This can help to buffer that and reset that. And a correlation we see with uh, dropping your blood pressure in the evening is an activation of what's called your parasympathetic nervous system. This is also known as the relaxation response in the body or the quote rest and digest system versus the fight or flight system or sympathetic that's going to be more active when you're sleep deprived. All right. So get in some exercise to encourage. And here's why this actually works. This goes back to cortisol. This helps to do that cortisol reset. Your cortisol is going to be a little bit abnormal because of the sleep deprivation. You get up exercise. It gets that cortisol elevated to get it back on track. All right. So we get that elevation in cortisol to help to see that natural cortisol rhythm. All right. Also, another benefit here is you're going to produce more endorphins, right, from the exercise, some more encephalines. Now, I'm not saying to go hard. I'm not saying to just exercise your face off. All right. That might not be the best idea. If it's a small sleep deprivation, all good. Like you can do your kind of normal, normal thing. But if it's like a significant amount, chances are just do, you know, maybe a a four-minute Tabata, go for a power walk, something like that, but get up, get moving, get some exercise in because it can really do a lot of good. Now, I want to make an important point here in regards to our relationship with getting up in the morning and exercising. You know, this is something I've seen over the years and I still get a lot of questions about this or just people are kind of glancing past it when they're telling me about an issue that they have. And this is where we see a situation where folks are getting up an hour or two earlier in order for them to work out, all right? An hour or two earlier than they would naturally be sleeping. 
so they can get to the gym or get this workout in? And is it really worth it? So I can tell you unequivocally, getting more sleep is your best bet. All right. Now, why am I saying this? Well, this is from the Canadian Medical Association Journal that showed that continuous sleep debt is directly related to an inability to lose weight. What? Let me say that again. Sleep debt is directly related to an inability to lose weight. Even and with the test subjects, even with the exact same diet and exercise program, test subjects who got less than six hours of sleep per night consistently lost less weight and body fat than those who are not accumulating this sleep debt. All right, please, please hear this. If you're sacrificing your sleep in order to work out more, you might as well just go ahead right now and phone this in as a defeat. Because, of course, we can see some short-term changes, but long-term, we're really setting ourselves up for failure. And our best bet, again, is to make sure we're getting adequate sleep and structuring into our day more high-quality movement and also the most effective exercise. If time is an issue, which, listen, if, you're, if you don't have, like, 10 kids, all right, and, like, two full-time jobs and... You know, you also work at the circus part-time, like whatever. Unless you got a schedule like that, you do have time, all right? It's just, again, having that structure and that flexibility within the structure. Great example, Steve Weatherford. Man, he's got five kids. Count them, five. Four girls. Oh, my goodness. Four daughters, all right, and a son. And plus, you know, this guy is coming from an NFL career where he decided on his own accord to retire and to focus on service to other people and growing himself personally, but also growing a brand and, and a company, several companies, right? I'm telling you, and guess what? It's part, he's built it into his day. He's built it into a part of his success practice, a part of his work because it makes everything else work better. All right, so please do not sacrifice your sleep in order to exercise. That's not a good idea. You're setting yourself up for failure. All right, and I really want you to get that. But again, if we've got a story that this is the only time that I can exercise early in the morning, I got to get up at, you know, the butt crack of dawn and get this in, you know, four o'clock in the morning, make sure that you get into bed earlier then, all right? Make sure that you're getting adequate amount of sleep. Now, also I want you to be mindful of this, getting up too early, if it's not necessary, can also set an abnormal circadian timing system. All right, that could cause you problems later down the road. Because I said, naturally, we see that spike, right? In a little bit later part of the morning, maybe we'll say 7 a.m. to maybe 10 a.m., all right? And it's okay to exercise within, you know, an hour or so of that. But once we start getting into like, you know, folks waking up super early, unless, and you'll notice these, these are the hacks from the greats who are doing it, it's, it's sustainable. You know, if you look at somebody like Eric Thomas, number one motivational speaker in the world, and he's getting up at like three o'clock or 3.30 every day, but he gets to bed early as well. And he's getting what we call this money time anabolic window. You get a bigger anabolic window, more recovery when you sleep earlier. And according to the research, this is between the hours of like 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. ish, depending on the time of year. And, you know, daylight savings, you got to take into account all these things. But generally in that sphere, because of the production of melatonin, it's going to help you to have more efficient sleep. When you go to sleep within that time frame, you're going to have a tendency to produce more human growth hormone, also known as a youth hormone, and it's uh, muscle sparing. 
And you're also going to produce just more anabolic, reparative hormones and enzymes that keep you better longer, recovers your brain and body faster. All right, so wherever you lie on this spectrum, just please understand, we don't want to sacrifice our sleep in order to exercise if we're trying to get fit. We really need to focus on getting optimal sleep and doing smart exercise because if time is an issue, you can get an incredible workout that changes your body within 10 minutes if you're doing the right stuff. And that's the stuff we talk about here on the Model Health Show. So I'll, I'll put a link to the episode we did on high-intensity interval training in the show notes for this one. And it's a classic and it'll provide you a lot of value and a lot of different options. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Now, one other tactic that I wanna share with you that is in the same vein of helping to kind of reset this circadian timing system is getting grounded, all right, getting grounded. So what, it, what does this actually mean? It's also known as earthing. And this is one of those things that was really difficult for me to wrap my mind around because I'm a very analytical, see it, and I believe it kind of person, you know, just generally that's kind of how I operate. And, but when I saw the research and also having some uh, uh, testing mechanisms myself to actually see the response when I'm grounded versus when I'm not, totally changed my, my belief system around it. And so grounding really goes back to this basic understanding that the human body itself is, we're bioelectric entity. All right, so just take a second. I want you to really think about this. Our bodies are incredibly conductive and there's a certain electricity that powers us, all right? And to give you some examples, when you're, you know, if you see somebody's in the hospital and they're on the, the heart monitor, right? And you're seeing that boop, boop, right? You're seeing that movement, right? What is that measuring? That's measuring the electric currency from your heart, all right? The electricity is putting out. That's powerful, right? You know, same thing. If we think about electrocution, right? We hear electric electrocution. You're very, very conductive. You can get electrocuted fairly easy, all right? Because your body has this bioelectric tendency and system built into it. So that's the number one principle. Your body is this bioelectric energy field. Now, here's the thing. There's this external... Thing, just even on the surface of our skin, if we touch something that's accumulated the static electricity or we have, we get shocked. So we are absorbing and giving off this electricity. The key here is that we absorb it as well. We absorb electrons. And the greatest source, when we're talking about antioxidants, and we're talking about electron transfers and absorbing this energy from food, where does all the food come from? Where does all the real food come from? It comes from the earth, all right? So when you're getting grounded, you're getting in contact, physical contact with the thing that's providing you all of those free electrons through the food you're eating, but you can get it through skin to earth contact, all right? Because the earth surface itself is brimming with free electrons that we now know for a fact can get transferred to the human body and it has some really profound benefits. But the question is how often are you actually in contact with earth? This is something that humans have evolved with. And many researchers who are experts in this field would say that this is a big correlation to the reason we have so many diseases today is our uh, inconsistency with getting exposure to getting grounded, all right? Because it dissipates all of that static electric buildup and also draws in all of these free electrons to help to basically provide electrons to these uh, free radical events happening in our bodies. All right, they're missing an electron, these quote free radicals, this free radical activity. And so when that electron is provided, it helps to reduce 
that inflammation that's resulting from the free radical activity, all right? So at some point, we'll do a whole masterclass on this topic, but I want you to get the, the overview of what it looks like and what grounding is and how it works. But um, I also want to share some of the research. So this was a study published in the Journal of Environmental and Public Health. Researchers found that test subjects that were grounded, quote, had rapid activation of the parasympathetic nervous system and corresponding deactivation of the sympathetic nervous system. Come on, please understand. This is, this is clinical data here. This isn't just like airy-fairy, I think this works. By you getting yourself in contact with the surface of the earth, you actually have this intrinsic rapid activation of this relaxation response, you know, your parasympathetic nervous system immediately. That's incredibly valuable, all right? And a deactivation of the fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. But are you taking advantage of this? Because it's free, you know? That's one of the things that we know we generally can't wrap our minds around, especially if it's free, you have free access to. And by the way, before we go any further, I wanna make sure you know what's conductive. Uh, dirt, dirt is conductive. It's one of those things, dirt, grass, mud, all right? Uh, soil, those are uh, conductive surfaces, all right? We've also got sand. This is why many people have the experience of like going to the beach and they're getting relaxed, very relaxed and sleepy. You think it's just the serene environment, but it's actually, this might be one of the rare times that somebody is getting grounded and they're activating that sympathetic nervous system immediately. Bodies of water, same thing. You know, if you're getting into the ocean, you're getting into lakes. Concrete is semi-conductive, all right, semi-conductive. Uh, asphalt is not conductive. Uh, wood is not conductive. So just be mindful. You know, these are just some different things to be mindful of, but there's also this grounding technology, this earthing technology where you got bed sheets and mouse pads and things like that that are connected to the grounding uh, of the particular building that you're in, all right? So I'll put that in the show notes, you know, some resources to look into that. Bottom line is, this is one of the first things I do when I get off of a flight, I find a way to get grounded, you know, get my feet on the ground, if at all possible. And or I used to always travel with my grounding um, utilities. I definitely do so a lot less because I like to get the natural experience. So here's another study. I just want to share this one with you as well. This is a study published in 2004, looked at the biological effects of grounding the human body during sleep as measured by cortisol levels and subjective reporting of sleep, pain, and stress. The study found that patients who were grounded during sleep had reduced nighttime levels of cortisol. It reduced cortisol at night and overall normalization of cortisol secretion through the day. So this is a cortisol reset. It's a reset of your circadian timing system. This is what helps you to recover faster from that acute sleep deprivation. All right, get yourself grounded. It can do a lot of good. All right, so now we're going to shift gears. I hope you got a lot of value out of that. And we're going to look at some other components, some other important factors of things that can help you to recover quickly from a short sleep deprivation. And so another area you want to be mindful of is taking care of your gut health. And here's why. There's a study that looked at what happens in our intestinal flora due to irregular sleep patterns. And this was published in the journal Cell. And researchers discovered that your circadian timing system influences the bacteria balance in your gut. So common experiences like jet lag were enough to create 
bacterial dysbiosis in the gut, which in turn, this dysbiosis is linked with metabolic disorders. And so the researchers analyzed fecal samples from people before, during, and after bouts of jet lag as they traveled via a 10-hour flight spanning multiple time zones. At the end of the study, they found that jet lag participants showed an increase in a type of bacteria that is known to be more prevalent in folks with obesity and diabetes. All right, so literally saw this increase in this type of bacteria that's correlated with obesity and diabetes. But here's the good news. The levels then went back to normal as the travelers got back on a regular sleep cycle. All right, so again, your body's very forgiving short term. Long term, this can be some serious problems. All right, so with that said, we want to take care of our gut microbiome. We want to make sure that we're eating high quality foods. We have a tendency when we travel to go ham on whatever, right? You're like you're traveling, so it's just like an opportunity to try new foods, different places. That's all good to a degree, all right? But especially that short term when you're getting your body set, I encourage you to make sure you're getting some real high quality food in your body, especially that first day, all right? Then if it's like a special uh, experience because you're in, you know, uh, if you're here in St. Louis, for example, right? And they got the the toasted raviolis, all right? They got the, the thin crust pizza. You're like, I can't, I can't, I can't miss this, Sean. I have to try the toasted ravioli. All right, I have to know what it's like. If that's the case, just don't do it the first day. All right, my recommendation would be don't do it at all. But I'm not that guy, you know. So if it's speaking to your soul, that toasted ravioli, put it on the menu. But get your body back in balance to the best of your ability at first. All right. Now, also, I want you to be mindful that when we are sleep deprived, there's going to be a greater tendency to want the toasted ravioli. Your gut microbiome, the bacteria in your gut, and also your brain having uh, suffered some of the, the effects of sleep debt, there's less glucose getting to your brain, especially your prefrontal cortex. We'll see about a 6% reduction in overall glucose reaching your brain, all right? And then we'll see about 14% of that being from your prefrontal cortex. So your body's going to compel you to want to eat more sugary, quick energy sources, starchy, carbohydrate-dense food that only feeds the problem, all right? So you got to be mindful of this. If you've ever noticed this, whenever you're sleep-deprived, you have a tendency to want to eat like stuff that you might not normally want, or you're going to have a tendency to want to eat more starchy kind of sugary foods. And this happens to the best of us, all right? You're just going to even have a tendency to be more hungry, period. And Stanford University researchers found that just a short sleep debt you know, if we're talking about a total sleep debt, like we talked about at the very beginning of just 24 hours, leads to a dramatic suppression of leptin, which is your body's satiety hormone. So you're going to have a tendency to want to eat more food. You're going to have a tendency to be hungrier after you're sleep deprived. All right. So you got to be mindful. You got to be ready for it. You know, like I'm sleep deprived. That's what this is. And get yourself a little bit more under control and understand that I'm not actually dying here. I'm not deficient in ravioli. I'm going to be okay, right? So just be mindful of that. Also, I want you to be aware, like this, one of the things that I like to do is when I get off the flight, I'll get grab water, I'll grab a couple of, you know, foods, that kind of thing, because we generally like to get a place where we can, you know, make a couple of meals on our own. But I'll, I, I have a tendency towards getting me some uh, fermented foods, right? Some fermented ve veggies or maybe a fermented beverage, just to get a nice little dose of, healthy, friendly flora, 
All right, so that's another tactic that you can add to the mix. And so I want you to be mindful of these different components, the changes that's going on in the bodies. But, you know, the carbohydrate tendency is one thing. What we want to gear ourselves towards is make sure we're getting more protein and healthy fats because those are things that are providing key elemental building blocks, not just, quote, energy, to actually regenerate the our brain tissue, you know, our muscles, whatever it might be spared or utilized improperly due to the sleep deprivation, right? Those things are key. So be proactive in getting those high quality sources. And also I'd recommend getting yourself a concentration of high quality micronutrients as well. Now, one other tiny thing we're going to add here as far as the nutrition is concerned is caffeine, all right? This actually might be a good idea when you're sleep deprived to have some caffeine uh, on the first part of the morning. And here's why. This can help to support what we've been talking about, this reset of the circadian timing system, all right? Because caffeine does elevate cortisol, all right? And that's okay because it can help to reset. So the key is I just want you to be mindful of that and I don't want you to lean on this every day as a crutch rather than using it as something initially to help to recover from a short sleep debt. All right. And there are some great benefits that come along with that. The human body has a great resonance with caffeine, but just don't let it go too far. All right. Because it can turn into a situation. All right. You want to be careful about that. Full disclosure, I'm a fan of caffeine. I think it's amazing. Again, it has a great resonance with the human body, but it can really have some issues when it comes to the quality of our sleep. And this was published in the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine. They did a wonderful study where they had test subjects to consume caffeine right before bed three hours before bed, and even six hours before bed. And at the end of the study, they accumulated all of the data and they found that even having caffeine six hours before bed was enough to disrupt sleep cycles and even cause a objective, so using sleep monitor, loss of one hour of sleep. So the person might've thought because they were unconscious that they slept for seven hours, but their body got the equivalent of six because the caffeine was active in their system. How is this possible? Caffeine has a half-life of about eight hours. So that means if you have 200 milligrams of caffeine, after eight hours, half of it or 100 milligrams is still active in your system. And caffeine is a very powerful nervous system stimulant. So that can really gum up your sleep quality. So what we wanna do is make sure that we're getting our caffeine in the early part of the day. That's really the key. It's not that we need to uh, go on a caffeine exclusion, just make sure that we're respecting the power that it has so that it's not interrupting our sleep because this can be the thing that is an absolute game changer for folks is simply by changing the time and the amount that they consume the caffeine. All right, so I want you to be mindful of that. Caffeine is, is an option that's on the table for you, but just respect it. And so now let's shift gears again and we're gonna move into some supplements. All right, this is something I definitely bring to the table in the occasion of a short-term sleep deprivation. All right, and one of those, the first one that generally jumps to mind for people it's melatonin. All right, we're talking about supplements regarding sleep. Melatonin is hot on the streets. All right, it's hot. But is it a good idea? I'm going to tell you unequivocally right off the bat, absolutely not. It is not a good idea to just haphazardly take melatonin supplements. Just because you can get it at CVS or Walgreens or Whole Foods does not mean that it's safe or even appropriate. It's a hormone. It's a very powerful hormone that has some very intrinsic, deep impacts on multiple systems in your body, all right? So please be mindful of that. Now, everything has its place as well because I actually do use a melatonin supplement. And you're probably like, Sean, wait, you just said all this stuff. Wait, wait a minute. Everything has its place. 
It's how you utilize it that matters the most. In a short-term situation, you know, we're talking about, again, a short-term sleep deprivation, it can be wonderful. But the problem is when you use it in the wrong amounts and for too long. So this was a study published in the Journal of Biological Rhythms found that faulty timing or large doses of melatonin can cause a desensitization of your melatonin receptors. All right, so we're talking about a downregulation in your body's receptors that use melatonin. So what that means is you can take all the melatonin you want, you want, your body can produce melatonin, but it won't use it. That's a problem. Melatonin is a, a key hormone in relationship to getting efficient sleep cycles. You can still sleep if your body's not producing melatonin, but it won't be efficient and effective good sleep that actually recovers your brain and body to the degree that's possible. All right, so I want you to understand that, but again, in a short-term occasional usage, it can be incredibly valuable. So myself personally, when I'm changing time zones, especially when I'm changing time zones or you know, maybe it's a rough night or day before, you know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm recovering from the sleep debt, I'll utilize this sprayable melatonin from on it. Now I take it sublingually, so I spray it under my tongue and that means it absorbs more uh, efficiently and also faster, all right? Then it doesn't have to brave, like if people are taking melatonin pills, see what happens to make it to uh, the receptors or the ability for it to get pulled into your body, all right? Going through your gastrointestinal tract, especially your stomach, it's just not that effective, all right? So number one, and I only do this short term. So most times it's just one day. All right, maybe two, you know, if I'm like going to a different country, for example, but outside of that, just a short-term thing, give my body a little boost of melatonin to encourage that uh, interaction in my body. And I, I love it. Like it's something like I keep in my travel pack that I'm always with if I ever need it. And uh, you know, you can go to onit.com forward slash model. You get 10% off that and everything else that they carry. And again, it's high quality earth grown sources. So it's not synthetic. And it's sprayable, so you actually absorb it so much better, all right? And also has a cool mint flavor. There's different ones, but, you know, give your, give your breath a little freshness, all right? So make sure to check that out. And again, this is just something to have in your superhero utility belt. I do not recommend using it daily. But, you know, if it's a short-term thing, you know, even a couple of days, you're trying to get your sleep back on track, I think it could be helpful. All right, but we want to be mindful that we don't want to use huge amounts and we don't want to use it uh, over a long-term uh, amount of time because it will downregulate your receptors. All right. So again, everything has its place. It's just how we use it. Just because it's available out there on the streets does not mean that it's safe to take in massive amounts and, and, and to take daily. All right. So keep that in mind. Now, another thing that I love, and this is number one, this is safe. All right. This has been used for thousands of years, has a tremendous amount of clinically proven benefits. First thing is, battling the sleep deprivation, we talked about the effect with your immune system. And so one of the best things, if not the best thing in the world for fortifying your immune system is medicinal mushrooms. Specifically, if we look at something like chaga or reishi is my favorite for this instance of recovering from sleep deprivation. Here's why. Reishi clinically shown to have an increase of about 300% in the activity of your NK cells. So these are your natural killer cells. These are the cells, your immune cells that are basically designing and creating weapons to defend your body against any kind of pathogen you might be exposed to. This is the kind of stuff that you need if you're sleep deprived and you wanna keep your immune system strong. 
The reason I love Rishi specifically, this was in the journal Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior, found that Rishi, when utilized, testing its impact on sleep quality, test subjects were seen to have significantly decreased sleep latency. So that means folks fall asleep faster by enjoying a cup of Rishi. Increased overall sleep time, all right, increases your overall sleep time. Also, they saw a statistical increase in REM sleep and non-REM deep anabolic sleep by consuming Rishi before bed. What more do you need to hear? This is something definitely, especially again, when I'm traveling, uh, when I'm a little sleep deprived, or just generally, this is something that you can use daily, all right, what you get with Rishi is I have, have a cup and I always bring it with me, all right? Always bring my Rishi along with me when I'm on the road. And so I get it from Four Sigmatic and I absolutely love these guys because they do it right. They're doing a dual extract. So you're getting a hot water extract and an alcohol extract. So you're actually getting all the nutrients and cofactors in a way that your body can number one, absorb it, but also you're not missing on something because most supplements out there are doing just one extract, either hot water or an alcohol. You're getting both. So when you hear studies like this, it might not even be the extract that you're looking for when you're buying another supplement. You're getting it with Four Sigmatic. All right, so make sure to get yourself some Four Sigmatic Rishi. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, go to foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. You get 15% off all of their incredible mushroom elixirs, mushroom coffees. It's just the best ever. All right, so make sure to check them out. So that's another thing. You can add things in like valerian, uh, chamomile, kava kava, all of those things have benefit. But again, my unique go-to is definitely the reishi. So reishi and uh, melatonin are my kind of proactive things that I might do after, right? And again, the melatonin, onit.com forward slash model, right? Onit.com forward slash model. Those are the two things for me personally that I use as the after effect. And sometimes with preventative, with reishi, for example, you know, um, it's one of those things where you can, again, use daily. There's no toxicity level with that. But the key here is prevention, right? The key here is prevention. If you know you're going into a situation where you're going to be sleep deprived, you can get some really magnificent effects by doing these couple of things I'm going to share with you now. In the journal Brain Research Bulletin, researchers found that collectively spatial memory impairment is induced by chronic sleep deprivation. It's something we know our brain is not quite right when we're sleep deprived. We, we know this. But here's the thing. The researchers found that vitamin C prevented such impairment. So utilizing vitamin C prevents this spatial memory impairment resulting from sleep deprivation. Now, the key here, this is the big misconception about vitamin C, is that it needs to be utilized as a preventative thing, not after. This is the key because the research indicates that it actually has little to no effectiveness once you're already sick because people uh, generally when we think about vitamin C, we think about the immune system, but you know, little to no effect across the board. When you look at, you know, meta-analysis and you look at all these different experts, it just doesn't work that well, but we're still buying these emergencies and all these different things. I'm not saying that it doesn't have some kind of effect, but clinically we can't really see that big of a difference. All right. Now here's the thing. It's a rock star when it comes to prevention, all right? And preventing you from getting sick in the first place, supporting your health. Again, 
a big part of the sleep deprivation experience is due to the immune system. So in five clinical trials, people who were exposed to extreme physical stress, and who isn't these days, by the way, five clinical trials, people who were exposed to extreme physical stress were able to cut the number of illnesses they contracted in half. They cut the number in half. Say if you get a certain amount of illnesses per year, you cut that number in half by supplementing with vitamin C, all right? And the key here, again, is to be proactive with it. Now, you know, again, when it's time to travel, for me personally, this is a time when I take more vitamin C or I generally don't really take vitamin C unless it's in my food, but I'll utilize a high-quality botanical source of vitamin C. So I like camu, camu berry. It's something I've been using for years. Highest source of vitamin C of any food we know about. There's also amla berry, acerola cherry, super high vitamin C foods. Um, but these are uh, superfood concentrates. So these are powders. Make sure they're processed correctly. You know, get them from a great source, preferably organic, all the kind of standard stuff. But the key, again, is taking it proactively, right? Take it proactive. That's really the key here. So I'll boost up my system with the vitamin C and uh, also do the medicinal mushrooms as well. So this might be some reishi or chaga. I do this proactively before I travel. And finally, one more preventative measure here. And again, this is something I do prior to the sleep deprivation or the travel is I'll boost up my consumption of turmeric because of this active compound in it called curcumin. And there's a study published in June 2006 in an issue of Life Enhancement. Scientists found that the active compound in turmeric, curcumin, protected mice, which were kept awake for 72 hours. That's terrible. It protected them against symptoms of sleep deprivation, such as impaired uh, locomotor activity, memory dysfunction, and depression. So the group that received the turmeric extract treatment before, before, again, before the sleep deprivation period showed significant decrease in anxiety-like behavior and oxidative stress that's caused by lack of sleep, all right? So there it is again in black and white as something that's preventative. This is what I love to use. And I use a super critical extract, four to one extract called Daily Turmeric from Organifi. It's something like I keep with me all the time. It's over there in my bag right now. And uh, also the reason I love it is it has a biopotentiator in it as well, which is a compound called pepperine, which is the active ingredient in black pepper. And that biopotentiator basically makes your body absorb and utilize it 10, 20 times better because those two things have this kind of phytonutrient combining benefit. And this is why cultures for years have combined these two things of the pepper and the turmeric. And you see like cultures in India, for example, that have extremely low rates of cancer. And this is because a lot of their meals include turmeric and turmeric has been found to have anti-angiogenesis properties. So this means it basically cuts off the blood supply to cancer cells, right? It cuts off because cancer needs, needs a supply, needs energy to grow and it cuts that pathway off, right? That's what anti-angiogenesis means, right? So for me, I use, again, four to one super critical extract, daily turmeric from Organifi. Head over to O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. They're giving you 20% off everything, 20% off the daily turmeric, 20% off their incredible green juice blend, which is, this is one of the things too, like I have those go packs. And when I'm 
especially when I'm traveling or if I find that situation where I'm sleep deprived, get my body those micronutrients that it really needs. That's how I do it. Not those crazy synthetic vitamins that really don't provide your body much good at all. These are from a concentration of real whole foods. Uh, low temperature process, so you actually are retaining those nutrients. All right, so we've got the green juice, the red juice, which could be a great source for your vitamin C. So definitely head over there, check them out. And these, again, these are just things to add to your superhero utility belt and do the thing that really speaks to your soul, but you want to be prepared so you're not running around trying to figure this stuff out once it happens. All right, so I hope that makes sense. Now, the last thing that I want to cover with you guys in the mission to help your body to quickly recover from sleep deprivation is to nap, like take a nap if possible. Napping, and this is this is a big statement from today, napping is like a supplement. Your sleep at night is the real food. All right, I'm gonna say that again. Taking a nap is like a supplement. Your sleep at night is the real food. I don't want you to mistake the two. You can't nap your way into great health. And oftentimes the, the, the need and draw to taking a nap is a result of the sleep quality at night being subpar. And we did a whole episode talking about the science of napping because I'm not against a good nap at all. There's times and places and there's also a strategy to do it effectively to get the result you want. And we detail all of that in that episode. We'll put it in the show notes. So if possible, take a nap, get that supplement. It can be really helpful. But you wanna do this abiding by your chronotype because there's a certain time of day to nap. So it doesn't influence the real food you're looking for at night, the sleep that you need to truly recover that next day. All right, so you don't want your nap to gum it up. All right, so make sure that you're being mindful of this. And for the chronotypes, we talked about that with Dr. Michael Bruce, and I'll put that episode in the show notes as well because you're different from other folks. There's four general chronotypes, and based on that, it will tell you a good optimal time for you to take a nap during the day if you do take a nap. All right, so again, another supplement here is to take a nap to help to fortify your body, your brain, your immune system against a temporary sleep deprivation. So again, at the end of the day, these are just tools and strategies, things that we can implement to ensure that we're able to recover from the thing that life throws at us occasionally. You know, But I don't want to negate the fact that we need to have a strategy in our lives to make sure that we're on a regular basis getting the high quality rejuvenative sleep that our bodies really desire and deserve, all right? So, but at the end of the day, life happens and I wanna make sure that you're prepared for it, all right? So I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode today. And again, at the end of the day, it doesn't work if you don't work it. This is really about implementation. The things that really speak to you and being prepared, get those things in your possession so that you're ready for those curveballs when they come. All right. And by the way, simply getting back on schedule at the end of the day, that's really the goal. When we have a, a situation where we have a temporary sleep deprivation, just get back on schedule as soon as possible. Don't draw it out. Don't allow yourself to go have another night of sleep deprivation and another night. Because when you start accumulating that sleep debt, you start to get into a place where you're owing a lot more than you can pay back. All right. So your body's very forgiving for that temporary sleep debt. In fact, just one night of temporary sleep debt, we see an increase in brain-derived neurotropic factor, right, BDNF, which is protective over your brain and your neurons because your body's like, hey, I got you. But if you stretch that out over a few more days, weeks, even months, many of us in our culture today are depriving ourselves of sleep. We start to see a dramatic decrease 
in brain cell activity or even the growth and development, you know, neurogenesis of brain cells, all right? So please be mindful of all of these things and utilize these strategies to create the health, the well-being, and the life that you truly deserve, all right? If you've got a lot of value out of this, make sure to share this out with your friends on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, tag me. I love, absolutely love to see that. So make sure to tag me in the post and listen, this is just scratching the surface. We've got some incredible episodes and incredible guests coming up for you. So make sure to stay tuned. All right, stay locked in. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.